Welcome to Believer Readers to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the only podcast that breaks down hard-hitting dialogue such as, I think I left my rhinoceros double parked. Here to provide analysis for that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? You know, I always describe our podcast as deeply intellectual. <laughs> In a, you know, sarcastic kind of way, James B. I, I had a little bit of a rough day, but always happy to podcast, having a good time now. How about you? Um, yeah, I've had a, a way above average day, but hey. I wanted to mention that I noticed for the first book we were covering, you changed up the format. So I changed up our intro today. I don't know if you could tell that was a different intro. Oh, it was, wasn't it? I yeah. I was so focused on the next part here that I was thinking well, of James. Let's Bates. talk about what you changed up and the listeners will understand uh, why I thought there was something different about this podcast. So recently I was talking to a new listener and uh, they don't have the luxury to listen consistently to our podcast or read a lot of Spider-Man comic books. Uh, so they found it a little harder to understand the broader picture of what's going on with Spider-Man. I, I'd like to give the listeners a brief update of like what books we're reading and why and kind of what's going on with the podcast. Sure. I'll take first crack at it. You can fill in as necessary. Sounds good. So for listeners who have been staying with us, you can now go step aside, get some water and some <laughs> cake and come back. But everybody else, here's the deal. After Stanley writes his one Amazing Fantasy 15 book, Spider-Man becomes a hit. He starts writing the Amazing Spider-Man title. It's going to go on for hundreds and hundreds of issues. By the time we're done, Eddie, it'll be on issue 1,000. But right now, we're only on issue you know, 176. He also decided they can make some more money by making something called Marvel Tales, which is reprinting the Spider-Man books. And they're like a couple years behind, but they're reprinting them. But we don't need to cover those because they're literally the same book. Oh. Also, there's something called Marvel Team-Up, where Spider-Man teams up with a random hero. Most of the time, they're just using this as an opportunity to try to introduce a different hero to you. So maybe you'll go buy their issues. They're usually pretty pretty bad, the books, compared to the main title. And uh, the cops tend to react differently in the Amazing Spider-Man book and Marvel Team-Up. Do you remember which one they are after Spider-Man more? I think in Amazing Spider-Man, is that the one in, I mean, recently he was, the bullet was grazed. It wasn't by police though. Was by right. Was that Amazing Spider-Man? Because one of the that books, was. they really the shooted him a lot. Issue. The other one, they sort of, the other one, they sort of are nicer to him for whatever reason. Yeah. Probably, oh, because he's probably with other people and they feel like, yeah, he's probably fine. And then of course they spun off Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. That book was supposed to be, as far as we could tell, Jerry Conway's book to focus on the secondary characters, which made you and I happy. But after like two issues, he left and then things went south when they started reprinting on book. Yeah, they reprinted on book six. And that book's been kind of crazy. Although I know that book will recover in time. They'll have some really good stories there. We're just not there yet. But we are in the better section of the Marvel team-up books because we're now hitting Chris Claremont's run. And we're going to talk about that in our next podcast. We've got a really good book featuring uh, a new supervillain and a a hero we have not met before. But uh, hopefully that helps a little bit with your listener. Thank you, yeah. James B. That's that's exactly what I was trying to concisely sum up. So um, I was I thought we might talk about the characters, but after reading issue 176, we have a lot of longtime characters that have moments in this book. So we're going to just kind of talk about them, um, work them in as we go through the summary today. All right. Well, it sounds good. And the first book today is from January of 1978, The Amazing Spider-Man 176, He Who Laughs Last by Ween, Andrew, and embellished by Tony DeZunga. Hmm. 
Spidey swinging J. Jonah back to the office after saving him from the hitman. After kicking down the boarded broken window, Spider-Man returns J. Jonah to his office. When Spidey asks J. Jonah for a thank you, the prickly publisher claims, let it be noted, I predicted this one not too long ago, uh, that Spidey set up the whole kidnapping affair. Uh, things become heated between the two arch nemesis, with Spidey spinning the publisher in his armchair viciously and J. Jonah yelling, You haven't heard the last of me! Uh, at him as he swings off. Uh, so glad to see J. Jonah revert to form here. James B., you want to tell us about J. Jonah a little? I guess the big news for J. Jonah Jameson lately uh, he was on his, gosh, I don't know, maybe his fifth different Spider Slayer <laughs> attack recently. And uh, he kind of fell in love with the creator because it's the daughter, I believe, of Professor Smythe. Her name is uh, Marla Madsen. Um, he also was almost killed by the hitman and yeah. kind of, you know, owed Spider-Man his life here a little bit. So we thought that maybe between being in love and being saved by Spider-Man, we might have a break from this, but it didn't last um, more than a few panels. So that's basically what's been going. Oh, he also hired a new secretary, uh, Gloria Grant, who appeared first in Amazing Spider-Man 140 um, as just a character who's a neighbor of Peter's, and he does seem to be uh, happy with her. All right. We wouldn't have him any other way. Uh, after some rest, Peter's injured arm is better, and he heads off to see Aunt May. But Peter has to head to City Hall to find his wily aunt, who is once again protesting for old people. Unfortunately, for the geriatric revolutionary, her heart can't take so much commotion, and she faints when a police officer asks her to stand down. Peter attacks the cop, but everyone recognizes the urgency of Aunt May's situation, and she is taken to the hospital. We see Aunt May reverting back to form here, too, going to the hospital. James, do <laughs> you want to give us a little update on Aunt May? Yeah, Aunt May used to always be in the hospital when Peter and her lived together. And then she moved in with Anna Watson uh, so Peter could go get an apartment on his own, which he first lives with Harry, and then he lives with Flash, and then Harry lives with Flash, and they bounced around a couple of times. But Aunt May, uh, she... For a brief time, she and Anna Watson were renting out their apartment or yeah. their place, and Doc Ock came in, and then Doc Ock was going to marry Aunt May for a while, and then she was going to work in Doc Ock's house for a while, and she moved back in with Anna Watson, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she became a protester, and that's been going on for a couple issues here. She's had at least two run-ins with the police um, involved in this. She got arrested in one situation, and now she <laughs> and a police officer were getting into it and she gets hit by a sign and he, she hits him with a sign. It was kind of a mess, but we hadn't seen her in the hospital for a while. So like you said, she's back to form unless she's injured. And I think she's going <laughs> to take it to a new level uh, pretty soon. Well, MJ heads to the hospital to support Peter and Aunt May and tells her tiger, keep the faith, Petey, and call me, huh? You know where to find the number. Uh, this line made me think of the classic MJ from the past and apparently from the present. It's nice to see her uh, doing her thing. James, do you want to update us a little? Sure. Okay, so MJ, when uh, Gwen Stacy, spoiler, uh, dies <laughs> and the Gwen Stacy clone, spoiler, leaves, 
Peter and MJ are able to kind of start their romance. We finally get them together. There's no more wondering if she's dating Harry or anybody else because she's just dating him. And they actually have some of those like uh, PG-13 moments where they close the door and you have to wonder what's happening, which just says, meanwhile, or time goes by. So they're, they're full on in love. She did have a situation recently where a couple times she was getting annoyed at him for disappearing. She started yeah. to call, out, call him out more than any of the other characters did. And she's been a good friend to Liz Allen as Liz Allen was planning uh, a wedding to Harry, which we'll touch on when we get to Harry in a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, but right now, MJ is just uh, devoted to Peter. For quite a while, their dating or love interest was pretty rocky. And then at some point, MJ is now, it's very clear that they are together. So like I said, glad to see her back. Um, as Peter uh, walks up the Queensboro subway exit, he sees Dr. Hamilton's office destroyed. And as the book moves us to Flash's apartment, we see Flash find the Green Goblin. Uh, here is Harry once again. I, I said last book, the Green Goblin has returned. Uh, and we also have Flash in Flash's apartment. I, I kind of understand Harry. James, B can tell us, give us an update about <laughs> Harry. But wow. Flash, I don't know exactly his character. These are, these are busier ones. Uh, do you want to do one of them? I'll do the other because there's two of them. Sure, I'll do Harry's. His father, Norman Osborn, had his huge company that he was running and at some point uh, became the Green Goblin. Uh, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin were fighting. Uh, spoiler alert, he kills Norman. Or I should say he doesn't kill him, but in battle, Norman impales himself uh, with his own Goblin Glider. And um, I, I guess, remember, Harry sees this, and Harry takes up the mantle to become the Green Goblin, at which point uh, they battle, and he kills Gwen Stacy. Harry is a, a really tough villain for Spider-Man because he knows he's Peter, too. He snatches him out of Aunt May's, like, front yard one time. Uh, but then he goes completely crazy, and they take him take him away to the uh, the asylum, I assume, and he returns in this, this befuddled stupor where he's getting therapy from Dr. Hamilton and has a love interest with Liz. They're supposed to get married, but then Liz leaves him and it just drives him right back to Green Goblin again. And that's kind of where we are with Harry. I would also add that in the middle there, there's a point when Harry comes back and he's like goofy Harry yes. for like <laughs> 10 issues where he's like, you know, hey, comic relief Peter. Harry. and People get stuck having to like entertain him or dance with him or talk to him because he's just, you know, he's just really needy and weird. And then, um, you know, kind of flips over here. Um, and also, Harry had that big incident with the drugs back in the day, too, a couple times. Flash, yeah. Uh, Flash was Spider Man's biggest fan, Peter Parker's biggest enemy. And he goes off to war. And when he comes back, things are better for a while and then there's like a big moment where flash finds he's flash to put moves on mary jane because mary jane's kind of playing into it and flash says to peter something like hey look i didn't realize mary jane was not was still going out with you or you know she said she was a free agent and i'm going to put a stop to this right now and all of a sudden there's this like big moment where you tell like flash is a new person as you pointed out and yeah he's he's more of P the old flash wouldn't have done that you said and he's now no. peter's friend and then uh, Peter and the gang are trying to help Flash 
with a, like a, a love interest of his. It's back in town and it's really confusing and it's, it's, it's kind of messy with sister son and, and everything. And in the end, I, I guess flash finds his girl in this Marvel team up book, even though we don't see her currently here. So, uh, and flash seems to be, I don't know. He, he seems like he should be a little smarter in this book because he's not really too aware that what's going on with, with the green goblin and his roommate, but yeah, whatever. Well, the goblin zaps Flash, knocking him out just as Spidey shows up to battle. The battle is intense, close combat, with Spidey pulling his punches for his friend. As the goblin looks cornered, he picks Flash up and throws him through the window. We end with Spidey having to save Flash nearly the same way he had to save Gwen Stacy from the goblin's murderous hands. Uh, like we've been saying through this book, we have a lot of main characters, long-time characters in Spider-Man. And with the exception of Flash, they're kind of resetting. Like Aunt May's in the hospital, J. Jonah's angry at Spider-Man, uh, Harry has become the Green Goblin, MJ's got back to her, my favorite beatnik talk <laughs> that she's got in there. Only Flash is the one who I, I think is kind of curious. I think Flash is a great character now because he's because he is different. He's still muscular. He's still tough. He can, you know, he's a believable character when he, he's helping yeah. Spider-Man in fights because he seems like a like a football player. I have a lot of problems with Harry. I love the concept of writing Harry. I love that they make Harry go crazy and become the Green Goblin. I think that's just such smart writing. I love that he's friends with everybody else. It yeah. makes it so difficult to fight him, and he knows who Peter is sometimes. Yes, they do a lot of, oh, there was an explosion. He's lost his memory, or he's in shock. He lost his memory, or he had a breakdown. He lost his memory. My problem I've always had with him is if you assume that Norman Osborn, for whatever reason, is in good enough shape to control the Goblin Glider and wear this costume and fight Spider-Man, how does his son really match all these criteria? Like, okay, maybe he's just as crazy. Maybe he can pick up the costume. But boy, to have him also be like able to be a dangerous foe. I mean, Harry is not a dangerous foe. Like, you know, he's a... Just yeah. a regular person. It's always been a problem yeah. with their fight because if Spider-Man can ever get his hands on him, I mean, that's it. He's just way stronger than physically. Like if they were going to slug it out, it would be over in one punch and Spider-Man would, even a pulled punch from Spider-Man would do him in. I, I got to sum it up to genetics, James B. If Norman could do it, well, Harry's the son of Norman. They're, they're not going to be, they look almost exactly the same. So Harry can pick up Flash and throw him through a window, like just lift him right up and it's chuck him. Some aspect of how they become, you know, Green Goblin. I, I can't explain it. James Eddie, do you remember the last time that Harry put Flash in danger? It had to be something goofy. I don't know if I remember. Were they, were they, was it the car? Didn't Harry know. capture like MJ? Or he captured three people and he tied them all up until you know, could save one of them. And he took, was it, it was MJ, Aunt May, and, and Flash. He's like, you can only that save was, one of that them. Was, that was the first time we had a, a famous segment of ours. Uh, what was the name of that segment? <laughs> so they're saying there's a chance. <laughs> because there was yeah, no was chance a... that that situation could ever have occurred uh, or resolved the way that it did. Genetics not going to uh, <laughs> not going to help that. Eddie, are you ready for the conclusion of this story? 
I am ready. Let's see what happens to these old time characters. You're not going to get the conclusion here. You're just going to get. Oh. Like, you're going to get a middle part, ironically, because <laughs> the title even says that. From February of 1978, The Amazing Spider-Man 177, Goblin in the Middle, by Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. Flash is falling to his death. The Green Goblin chucked him out a window, but Spidey saves him, only to have the Green Goblin kick Spidey out the window. Uh, Spidey barely saves himself, but does manage to comically damage a car in the process. He then swings up to Flash, where they discuss the return of the Green Goblin. Eddie, can we go back to Spider-Man damaging this car for a moment? Oh, well, I, like, bypassed it, I'm afraid. The guy comes out, and the guy's like, look what you've done to my car, you're a maniac. And Spider-Man's like, I didn't really mean to. He's just trashed this guy's car. And the guy's like, you know, you've read what J. Jonah Jameson says, he's going to... He's the wife's like, get away from him, Murray. He's going to, you know, and Spider-Man's like taking the doors. He's like putting them in the car. And the guy's like, this is an over webhead, not by a long shot. Nobody messes with Murray Futterman. You're going to hear from my lawyers. Oh, I'm oh, reading yeah. this thinking he's going to, he's going to sue him, right? Yeah. This is going to be, yeah. he wouldn't say nobody messes with Murray Futterman unless we're going to see Murray Futterman's lawsuit again. And I, now I remember this scene because I, I was like ready for Murray Futterman to become a evil villain. Why do they they have a two a first and last name for a kind of whatever character in this book? I'm, it's going to be a lawsuit of some sort because Spider Man's out there destroying the car, and he's not like. Ooh. I'm sure he's going to be like you're being now. How do you call, get Spider Man to court? You know, it maybe doesn't matter. They could still give it a go. I'm sure Jay Jonah would be right there. That, that's probably how that's going to pan out. All right. So, and I know what you're going to talk about next. So let's just get to that. So he swings up on the roof, and. Uh, Flash is up there and they're having a conversation and Flash is like, yeah, I don't know what the Green Goblin did with my roommate, Harry. <laughs> I, he's been living with them. To be fair, I mean, Peter lived with Harry mm-hmm. for a long time and Harry never figured out he was and Spider-Man. Peter lived with Flash and he didn't figure it out. Peter lived with Flash. He didn't figure it out, even though the mind worm showed up and like Spider-Man came and saved them all. I, considering that Peter Parker told Jay Jonah that that was that Harry was the Green Goblin, this, this seems like common knowledge to this friend circle. No, <laughs> so yeah, we don't want to get too far off track here, guys. So so <laughs> Spider Man. So far, all he's done is he saves Flash. The Green Goblin runs away. Flash is like, I don't know what's going on with Harry. All right, what happens next here, Eddie? Uh, we see the Green Goblin in his lair, holding Doctor Hamilton hostage. He says Dr. Hamilton was a great help in his psychiatric sessions. What a ringing endorsement for Dr. Hamilton that we have Harry revert to Green Goblin, but departs to go claim his rightful position as leader of crime in New York. We get a fantastic full-page illustration of the Goblin's rampage to reclaim his title as Crime King. Uh, someday I'd like to know why this the Goblin insists on being the king of crime. It doesn't seem like it. he has to be and still do his things. Uh, meanwhile, Peter visits Aunt May, who is feeling better. Okay. As always, we got to go back again because, Eddie, you missed the funniest page in the book. There is okay. one single page, Eddie, that has all the yucks on it, okay? It starts off and it says, We'd best join Peter Parker in his ailing aunt's hospital room. And then it's the narrator says, But try to be quiet, okay? Technically, there's only supposed to be two visitors into a room at one time. Eddie, that's great. That's great writing. Because like, okay, trust me. The so, fourth wall's down. We're there too. Yeah, right? 
he sees so next panel right he says yeah. something how are you doing and, and you know blah 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 but he, she says i'm sound as a dollar and he says don't say such things aunt may considering <laughs> the economy these days that's not much to brag about next line comes up and she's like oh you worry about me and he's like hey you know what let's make a deal you get well i won't worry and he goes after all panel three it's football season and Namath and the Jets are going to need you to be the quarterback. All this is all one page, right? Yeah, yes, correct. <laughs> Anna Watson comes in with Mary Jane and she's like, MJ says, you're trying to put your poor old aunt to work again? And her line comes back after the end and she goes, thank you for not calling me old again, young lady. <laughs> you know, the page before and the page after have the evil goblin doing all his crazy that, stuff. I was excited. I wanted to know what happened. <laughs> Eddie, come on. You can't just have goblin, goblin, right. goblin. It's a good but, thing you're here, James B. That's all I have to say. All right, go ahead and miss these things. Anyway, what's Spider-Man do next? As Peter is changing into Spider-Man, he hears gunfire and quickly apprehends some criminals who have a paper invitation to the, quote, top of the world for, quote, a piece of the pie. Peter quickly figures out that he has to head over to the Twin Towers, uh, Aunt May suffers a heart attack, and MJ can't get a hold of Peter to approve her potential operation she would need. Uh, we then find ourselves in the criminal meeting led by a spry, vivacious... Silvermane? Uh, we haven't seen this guy in a long time. Uh, what, what, what happened? Last time I saw him, he was a blip of light. Yeah, he was in your favorite saga ever. Wasn't that called the Petrified Saga? Uh, Petrified Tablet the Petrified Saga? Petrified Tablet. <laughs> yeah, you loved that so much. So I saw Silvermane, and I know what Silvermane's going to look like in like 1986. And I know what he looked like back in 1966. So I was like, let me see what's going on in 76. So I peeked at Wikipedia just to see, like, did we miss something? You know, these books, there's That's three of them I going thought. on. Yeah. And I just saw that there was, I saw like a quick reference that said, like, Silvermane will eventually explain that he just appeared in his 40s or something like that. So I don't think it was anything like, it's him. I don't know why he's here either. Well, Green Goblin abruptly crashes into the meeting with none of the criminals able to injure him uh, or catch him. As the criminals stand speechless, he announces he knows Spider-Man's identity. Ooh. Spidey, who is nearby, hidden in the heating duct, realizes he's finished if the Green Goblin spills the beans. Jeez. Eddie, we're going to knock off our sponsor real quick, and then we can come back and wrap this up. Is that okay? Okay, sounds good. Eddie, Halloween is right around the corner, and with the rising cost of everything, it's hard to have enough money to buy circus peanuts to give to your neighborhood children. The good news is we have a part-time job right up your alley. Now, I know you like mover as a job but not everyone can be a mover right eddie no not everyone <laughs> so mover. this is not a moving job but a delivery job specifically this job is about delivering messages to crime bosses or magia how do you think they all know to meet at the docks or to meet in an abandoned warehouse or to get a piece of the pie they could meet on top of the world right how do they get these messages well they only know because of the uber invitation delivery personnel that's right. You, Eddie, can now deliver these invitations in person to crime bosses or Magia, whatever. Wait, what a thrill. If you're between the ages of 9 and 89, this is a job for you. And, Eddie, it pays decent, too. Trust me, you won't have to work for peanuts. Well, maybe circus peanuts, if you catch my drift. See their ad in Practical Sheep, Goats, and Alpacas magazine or search them up on YouTube. 
yeah, this would be a thrilling job. That is for All right. sure. And he says it'll be a thrilling job. Let's continue with our summary of these <laughs> books. Not, not, not thrilling enough for my nine-year-old to do. <laughs> or too thrilling for my nine-year-old to do. Do you have a nine-year-old? I have an eight-year-old who's going to turn nine soon, and I guarantee she is not delivering mobsters messages under any circumstance. So, You know, um, I know you like to make fun of these things, but let's be serious. How do you think these messages get delivered? How does somebody find all the crime bosses until these Only because I love them so much. I I, I got to believe they're messenger pigeons that are just flying around New York. This would be a great way to deliver any criminal message, I think. Particularly if it's a coded well, get, one, like top of the world. Eddie, it's 2022. We're not delivering oh. me- with message pigeons. That's why we have Uber. Okay, Eddie? <laughs> Eddie, this is the gig economy, all right? So it's time for you to get on board and stop dealing with messenger pigeons, okay? Heroes? Seriously, I... Are you buying? Are you going to be able to afford all those circus peanuts for the neighborhood kids? I want to, you know, I conveniently go out trick or treating with my kids and don't stay home to hand out candy, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, we always left one person at home. That's how I was brought up, and that's what we that's do, the so. polite thing to do. I'm afraid. I guess we're just not great neighbors. Sorry, everybody. All right. Well, our listeners can check it out in Practical Sheep Goats and Alpacas Magazine. <laughs> they can see a little bit more about this job for them. Okay. All right. We said that I would leave you a few moments here to kind of wrap things up. Um, what you got for thoughts? I, go I'm just a, a little disappointed. I'm happy to see the Green Goblin back. I like the Green Goblin. He's he's one of Spider-Man's greatest adversaries. So intertwined with Peter's life. But here we are, him standing in front of a bunch of mobsters, wanting to lead the rackets. And it's not. this is the first time that he said, I'm going to reveal who Spider-Man is. Uh, him and the Crime Master did this before and you know they didn't tie the change tight enough on them i i okay, i'm gonna i'm not gonna sure disagree with everything you just okay. said i have never seen you say oh the green goblin's trying to lead the rackets the green goblin's gonna yeah. reveal spider-man's thing um well i don't think you should just use the term the green goblin because this is not the same green goblin eddie this is Harry Osborne. Harry Osborne has never tried to lead the rackets. Harry Osborne has never claimed he's going to reveal oh. Spider-Man's identity to a bunch of mobsters. This is a completely different guy. He's still trying to meet the approval of his father by taking up the torch that his father had started. Assuming that he has heard from Captain Stacy's uh, criminal review of the <laughs> Goblin that this is what the <laughs> Goblin does, he got the tapes. Midtown. I mean, he's got to be a member of the Midtown Businessmen's Club. I can't imagine Harry mm-hmm. showing up. And having a good time. Please put that. on real two deck two so I can see what's going on here. Oh, the goblin. Yes. Oh, okay. Eddie, you talk about Flash Thompson um, and uh, how he doesn't want to admit that, you know, the Green Goblin is his roommate. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking, what's worse? Uh, like, Otto Octavius uh, marrying to a senile old woman and she's like, oh, he's fine. Or Flash Thompson having his roommate be the Green Goblin. Like, who's really, who's really kind of being ignorant here man i it really casts aunt may in such a terrible light that she would not figure out Otto octavius he he says i'm doc Ock. he yeah. has the arm but he, he's wearing you know, the arms he he's just like i'm a good guy though honestly i'm not as bothered by that because like i think i'm not aunt either may is always looking on the bright side for people except for spider-man of course she doesn't think he's a good person 
and that um, I do think Otto treated her very well often, although he put her in dangerous situations. He did have her best interests in mind so often. So yeah, it's crazy. It's That's such a crazy thing. So Flash should probably be a Come little on, more, uh, a little less ignorant of Harry being the Green Goblin. So <laughs> um, if people want to ask us how Harry's doing, even though he's probably coming back next issue with some horrible plan <laughs> as a Green Goblin. Uh, how could they find us? Um, you can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you are a criminal looking for a roommate and you think no one would want to live with you, you actually have a choice. You can choose Peter Parker's aunt or his best friend, Flash. Apparently, they are both super ignorant. Goodbye. Goodbye. They really are pretty ignorant. <laughs> Oblivious. <laughs> and neither one recognizes Peter's Spider-Man either, right? They could be willfully ignorant. You know, like it, Aunt May might actually know that Peter is Spider-Man. And to protect Peter, she just could be not talking about it and like thinking that that's the best thing for Peter, not to have his identity be revealed to her. I'd love to think that Aunt May was that complex of a character instead of befuddled old Aunt May. Speaking of Aunt May, how how about the other page with Aunt May, the one where she's having a heart attack for one page? Nurse, get the heart unit rolling. And I mean now, we've got a red blanket situation. If I Google it, is it going to come up? No. All right. I'm typing red blanket situation. Eddie? There is nothing here. Ah. (laughs) Excellent.